This is News Talk 980 CKNW. It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk, as we do every Sunday morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, and we are starting with American Assassin. Yeah, this movie has excellent bones. It's based on the series of best-selling spy thrillers by Vince Flynn. It's directed by Michael Suesta, who did Dexter, Homeland, Six Feet Under, among others. And it's written by Stephen Schiff, who did The Americans and Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Uh, all of whom have significant knowledge of their subject matter, that being the business of spying, counter-spying, and protecting the world. Now, this hard-boiled thriller, shot mostly in Europe, with the requisite bleakness that such locations as Turkey and some parts of Italy offer up, is filled with international intrigue, heroes who might be enemies, and enemies who might be heroes. Dylan O'Brien from Maze Runner and Deepwater Horizon is Mitch Rapp. He's a young man of 23. His life is turned upside down when a terrorist attack on a tropical beach wounds him severely and kills his fiancée. During his recovery, Mitch vows to track down the terrorists and his cracked revenge. He becomes skilled in martial arts, develops an affinity for deadly weapons, and lives with such major anger issues that even the gym where he's training, he comes close to killing his partners. While he eventually dispatches those who killed his fiancée, he's observed by the CIA, also tracking the same gang. Recruited because of his skills in the field, he becomes a reluctant operative and is plunged into a new training regime at the hands of Stan Hurley, well played by Michael Keaton, a trainer and handler who knows how to get the most out of a field person. Soon, a deal comes into play where nuclear-grade plutonium goes missing from Russia, and it's clear that no good will come of this, as various factions want to build a bomb for their own purposes. The action is gritty and cruel. The story is one to which you have to really pay close attention, especially where Ghost, played by Taylor Kitsch from Kelowna, living in Vancouver now, is concerned. He's ex-CIA, and it takes us a long time and a lot of water under the bridge to determine whose side he is really on. A very good movie, satisfying outcome, one that will appeal to action thriller fans at every level. The rating is 14A. That's American Assassin, Joe. All right. Uh, the next film not appealing to everybody at every level. Uh, a lot of different reactions to the film Mother. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I can't recall a movie that's been as divisive as this one from both a critic's perspective and from that of the audience. Now, only 12 films in history have ever received an F for fail from CinemaScore. That's a rating service that polls opening night audiences across the U.S., it is not CinemaScore that's given uh, Mother a fail. It's the considered opinion of moviegoers leaving the theater. Other Fs, by the way, include Brad Pitt's disastrous Killing Them Softly, a bug which starred Ashley Judd, and The Box, an absolute disaster for Cameron Diaz in 2009. Mother is polarizing because opening night audiences largely hated it, while the critical reviews ranged from 100 out of 100 for The Globe and Mail to 0 out of 100 for Rex Reed and everything else in between. Now, it's easy to say that you have never seen anything like this. It makes Twin Peaks look like fun with Dick and Jane. Javier Bardem is a writer's blocked poet, and Jennifer Lawrence is his wife. Neither have names in this movie. Uh, when uninvited strangers begin showing up at the door, and when Bardem's character invites them in without qualification, things become weird, as if they weren't weird already. Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris play visitors, and when things begin to get very strange, we see overtones of Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, and unmentioned horrors. Not much can be said without causing spoilers, not that it matters, because the ambiguity of the movie may leave most of us asking, what the heck just happened? One thing is clear, 
you haven't seen anything like this before. That's either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your viewpoint. The rating 18A, Jill, that is called Mother. All right, you have to see it, uh, I think, to come up with your take on it. You do. Uh, Netflix, we're going back to 1994. Yeah, Little Rascals. I mentioned this for one reason I'll get to in a second, but because of the setting, a somewhat ambiguous pastime during the Depression, this movie version of the series of shorts made by Hal Roach from 1922 to 1943 features a disgraced alfalfa banned from the He-Man Woman Haters Club because he'd been found in the company of a girl named Darla. That's it. No room for that kind of behavior in the club. And of all times, just on the cusp of the big race, the soapbox derby, in which the club's prized car was to be driven by Alfalfa. Now, because of its setting in the 30s, the movie holds up quite well. It's not dated. Uh, and I want you to watch for a small part by Donald Trump as an oil tycoon, the father of one of the rivals for Darla's heart. Who would have thought back in 1994 when this movie came out that that oil tycoon would become the president of the U.S.? Not many of us, I would say. Uh, the rating is PG. That's the Little Rascals. All right. So we also have uh, First They Killed My Father from this year. Yeah, this is an exceptional movie, Jill. Very hard to watch, but an exceptional film. It's a Netflix original. It's directed by Angelina Jolie, and it tells the story of Cambodian journalist and human rights activist Luang Ung, who, prior to her established career, was just a little girl cowering in fear as the Khmer Rouge decimated Cambodia, using violent death to heads of families to bring the children into line with their agenda. Ung collaborated on the screenplay with Jolie to present a factual, a horrible look at life under this oppressive regime that left nothing but destruction and battered bodies in its wake. It's an exceptional film. It's very well shot and very well directed. The rating is 14A. It is a Netflix original, so it's brand new. And uh, if you're interested in what happened in Southeast Asia during the time of the Vietnam War, what the Americans' role was, this is an outstanding film to portray that. All right. Uh, On something, uh, on a much lighter note, uh, the official start of the new TV season, and that is the Emmy Awards. Yeah, the Emmy Awards tonight, the 69th annual, Jill. Uh, Stephen Colbert hosts the big awards show. It begins at 5 o'clock this evening on CBS and CTV. Uh, The biggest trend is the continuing move away from broadcast networks to cable and streaming services. Now, just looking at the major categories, for example, Jill, for Best Dramatic Series, Best Comedy Series, Best Dramatic Actress, and Best Dramatic Actor, uh, as well as Best Comedic Actor and Best Comedic Actress, we'll just isolate those, there are a total of 41 nominations. Just nine of those nominations, or 20% to be exact, went to the major networks of ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. 32 of them went to non-network sources, and out of that 32, 20 went to streaming services such as Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Five years ago, there was not a single nomination for a streaming service. Four years ago, Netflix got a nomination for House of Cards, and it won the first time a non-cable or non-broadcast outlet was so nominated. And this year, 2017, Netflix alone has 10 of the 41 nominations in the categories I mentioned earlier, which is more than the broadcast networks combined. Netflix received 93 nominations for this year's Emmys, and it's just a handful behind HBO for the number one spot. Now, Jill, some things to watch for. Uh, This Is Us, originating on NBC, had the lion's share of network nominations in just about every category. It is a terrific show with a great premise of following its characters in the past, in the present, and it's really the only competition for those Academy votes. Netflix is riding high with nominations for its very fine sci-fi series, Stranger Things, and The Crown, which explores the life of Queen Elizabeth since her coronation. 
A Handmaid's Tale, Westworld, Veep, and Transparent are all very strong contenders in most categories, and none come from network television at all. Uh, part of the challenge for any viewer is in just keeping up with the enormous volume of programming. It's no longer possible to watch TV just because it's on, and to catch up with the major trends, one has to be very selective, have a PVR with a big capacity. The only categories in which the broadcast networks have any kind of strong support are in the reality shows, uh, where Amazing Race, Survivor, and The Voice make up half the nominees, and in supporting comedy nominations, where Saturday Night Live is well represented. As much as I love the Emmys, I'm afraid that for most of us, we'll just sit there scratching our heads at many of the nominees and the winners saying, what the heck is that? I never heard of it, never seen it. Uh, there is so much to watch. It's a very different kind of Emmy Awards tonight, Jill. I will be riveted to the screen. All right. Uh, maybe get some uh, new ideas on what to watch as well. On that note, Rick, we will check in with you next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. That is Rick Forchuk. He joins us every Sunday morning. Should be an interesting Emmys tonight if you're interested in checking out uh, that program. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.